What's going on? Today, we have a supersized episode of the Flow Road Podcast. Uh, I am Edgar Traves, and in this episode, we will have Emily, the comedian, Andy, the foodie, and of course, not my cousin Dan. Today's topic will be breakfast. When we started kicking around this idea, it was supposed to be like, you know, our favorite breakfast or our go-to cook breakfast thing. And, you know, so when we got to the podcast, it was just going to be about breakfast. And, well, you know how these podcasts go. You know, if you've been listening at all with us, you know that we start someplace and sometimes we end completely someplace other. So anyway, if you happen to hear this. It's because, you know, either my kids came in the room or, you know, somebody popped up, you know, 10 bags of popcorn downstairs in the microwave. And, you know, it's just, you know, you could tell this whole operation is held together with spit, chewing gum and some tape. So uh, cut us some slack, realized there was an edit. You know, this is a small operation we got going on here. If you like the show and you want to support us, head on over to shop.com theflowrowpodcast.com get yourself a nice little duvet cover with the flow row podcast uh logo on it or maybe a coffee cup or you know throw pillows throw pillows are nice you know with our logo i'm sure with all the colors that we have on that do on that throw pillow it will go with anybody's decor um so anyway on with the show <clears throat> All right, so here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Flow Row Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about breakfast foods, and I guess are basically our favorites. And uh, <laughs> Emily's already on here; she's eating a pop tart. We got not my cousin Dan, and we got Andy. And so, um, so what? Do we, so besides pop tarts, we're bringing the whole Flow Row family together here. Yeah. I, I, well, I wanted to bring on like. Like my like my brother Pete and uh, Martine and maybe you know maybe my cousin Dan, but it was just like I, I just wonder how this is this dynamic is going to work to begin with. So I was just like okay. terrible. It's going to be yeah. awful. <laughs> These people seem terrible, like awful, horrible people. <laughs> yeah. So besides Pop Tarts, uh, what what the what are let's let's go around I guess in a circle. Maybe. Listen, before before we get the conversation going, maybe you should go downstairs and make sure nobody's making popcorn. Oh yeah. shit, that's right, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The old microwave. Oh, the Just microwave. Flip that, uh, flip that breaker, like we said. Oh man, dude, uh, that 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 one that one where me and Andy recorded um, the foods podcast. I think they microwave like a hundred things that day. It's just like it kept breaking, and I was just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> and I would go down there and they're like, we're not microwaving, we're not microwaving anything. And there's like a giant tub of fucking popcorn on their laps, you know, <laughs> so like what the- they microwaved every bag of popcorn in the entire house. <laughs> they went out and bought, bought a whole nother box of it just to be microwaving it nonstop. Oh yeah. That's, that's recording a podcast. Let's microwave everything we can find. So, but yeah. So, um, so who wants to go first? 
Well, what are, what are we what are we focusing in there? Should we be talking about like any breakfast food or like breakfast that we make for ourselves? Breakfast I think that we go out and seek. I think we'll go with like any breakfast food simply because um, and, and if and if if you want to talk about something you that you can make, that's cool, too. But any breakfast food, whether you buy it or make we don't it. care about your kitchen habits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. I got I got I got a hundred <laughs> listeners now. <laughs> <laughs> or you've got me a hundred times. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I have a hundred listens. So it's someone hit someone someone somebody hit play a hundred times. It might have been you, <laughs> might have been me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So uh Dan, you want to go first? I, I'll I'll kick off the best breakfast food of, of any breakfast food, chilaquiles. Chilaquiles, yes. Chilaquiles, the best. I feel like I don't have license to really give it that that Latin pronunciation. You should you should try real hard. I, I feel like I, I haven't earned the right. No, you have. Uh, I don't care about cultural appropriation. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can go ahead and and roll your R's and and do all the chilaquiles. You know what's funny? So my grandmother, who was you know from Poland, makes right? the best chilaquiles ever. She could not roll her R's. And oh. when you speak Polish, that is a very big problem. <laughs> and so when she had to roll her R's, she'd like do this thing, you know, it was really, it, it sounded like she was speaking some combination of Polish and Dutch. It was really as, interesting. As, as someone that can't roll their R's, I do the same thing. <laughs> what? Me too. Me oh, too. Wow. I can't do it. I do the thing. Wow. That's it's, I, it's I don't, embarrassing because it's like you know how it's supposed to sound in your head but when it comes out of your mouth it's like, like <laughs> i i have trouble uh with certain mm -hmm. with certain letters next to the r so like if i can't i can't remember what which ones they are i just know that when i said i'm like i said it wrong you know because I, I can see the person's face they're like you're like like you're gonna hit them with a baseball like you're throwing a baseball at their face and they can't do anything to catch it. So they just make this face, you know, like, like they're going to get hit in the face with a baseball. When I fuck up the, the rolling of the R's, that's the face they make. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, you should not be doing that. You should be able to roll your R's. And I'm like, yeah, fuck up sometimes. Yeah. Um, but no, I've had a very long day and I was really upset because I realized like I've not had a really good breakfast in a while mm. just because of the world as it is it's very you can't, you can't go get the good breakfast anymore mm -hmm. i haven't had chilaquiles in a year and it makes me sad inside so wait what about trying to make that yourself you can make though? your own okay yeah. i have I, I have made it my own but the thing is like if i'm going to make it myself i go and i buy a bottle of like red enchilada sauce and it's not the same you know mm. interesting enchilada you know? sauce like you I, can make your own sauce yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. i could make my own sauce I could, but you I try really to, I try to stay, to I, the extra stuff. I try to stay, you know, I, I'm trying to be responsible. I try not to go to the stores as often, as often as I really used to, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, mm. I guess I could make a special trip and maybe I will after this podcast, you know, make a list of <laughs> ingredients and, and, and make some, try to make my own chilaquiles and decent. So much better when it's fresh and like, yeah, everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. But like, no, it, it, and it's such a simple thing. So like you go to a restaurant that does it really well. It's, it's, it's simple thing. It's, you know, you kind of braise the, the um, tortilla chips in the, in the, the, basically like the red mole, you know, and mm. sprinkle it with a little tortilla cheese and get some of the, some of the refried beans on the side, some scrambled eggs on top. It's perfect. Perfect meal. The way the way I um, that wasn't fair, by the way, because now I'm really hungry. Yeah, this is gonna be the it's, this is gonna be a painful podcast. This is gonna be really hard for you since you. Just... I I ate right before this. So. <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> I, I did too. I, <laughs> I, ate, I ate like a can of tuna at four o'clock, and then I went for a run. Uh, oh wow! So it's it, an ambitious day for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, can of tuna and running sounds like a really terrible combination. Well, I mean, I waited a little bit. Oh, okay. Okay. Wasn't <laughs> it like, wasn't like like running can with the can, <laughs> like slurping the tuna water. You know, like oh yeah. No. I'm just no. thinking of an episode of The Office where Steve Carell's character carbo loads and then just like vomits up white pasta sauce. <laughs> oh. 5K. They're five k, no less. Like it's a marathon. Um, I, I only have ever seen one episode of The Office, and it's the episode where Steve Carell steps on his George Foreman. Uh, and that made you never want to watch huh. The Office ever again? No, it's, uh, but when The Office was on, it wasn't like, it was still before streaming was really, you know, useful. And I was never home, because when The Office was on, I was still doing stand-up, so at night I was never home. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, like, I never had the opportunity to watch it. And it's like, yeah, now it's streaming, but I got other things to do now, like talk about chili killers. Like chili yeah. killers, yeah. So, like, I don't usually get it with mole sauce. I, uh, not at Isn't least that I, what makes it chili killers? No, I think what you see, this is, no. I am not by far, just because I'm Mexican and that's a Mexican food, I am not by any means the expert on chilaquiles. But I will say that uh, as far as how I know chilaquiles, what makes chilaquiles chilaquiles is uh, you have, you basically have breakfast nachos. It's like, it's egg and uh, little little triangles of tortilla fried up hard like chips almost. Uh, and like you and I had a conversation about this. I dislike them a lot when those, when they do a bad job of frying those those yeah. tortilla chips, yeah, and, and they, they when you get it and it's soggy, oh, oh it's, it's the worst. The, it, it's my favorite breakfast food when it's done right. When it's done wrong, it's like the biggest travesty of my life. There, there is a but joint. Chilaquiles is just sorry, like you said, they're breakfast nachos, oh, but with so way good. more salsa. It's like a nacho soup. Oh, so it yeah, has they're, salsa. They're, so, they're okay. supposed to be. You're supposed to take the chips and braise them. Like, look up any recipe. You're supposed yeah. to bra braise them in the sauce. Yeah. And, and if you do it right, they still, they, they come out still crispy and, you know, maybe a little soft in the middle, but the edges are still crisp. I looked it up. It's the same thing Andy just mentioned. And I just, my whole thing with chips ever is that I cannot handle soggy anything. Some people love like dipping nacho no. cheese all over tortilla chips till they're all bendy. That's yeah. like no. vomit inducing for me. Gross. Gross, exactly. Yeah. It's gross. It's just you can't combine those textures, man. Mm -mm. Like if they're like crunchy peanut butter is a sin against God. You know you can't take and put those textures together. It's, I it's like crunchy peanut butter. Well, you're yeah, wrong. I like crunchy peanut butter. 
different instance, though. It's not the I same mean, thing. No, no. Fair, I love crunchy all sorts of peanut butter. So peanut butter is like one of my favorite <laughs> things. But you get that like the crunchy peanut butter. It may as well be peanut butter with pieces of chicken cartilage in it. Like it's. Oh good. God. No, it's, <laughs> no. It's not no I don't ever want to have it again. <laughs> I, it's good. Uh, I see more like orange juice, juice with, pulp? with pulp or like like roughly mashed potatoes, not like super smooth mashed potatoes. I don't know. I I, I like I like crunchy. Yeah, I like peanut it. butter. I like crunchy peanut butter. Most people don't like kind of old like unfortunately it's like a nursing home type texture food you know what i mean the whole thing as an adult is to use recipes and create your own recipes that have different textures and are, you know, what are restaurant quality and people do that at home. Now it's like some of those things like mashed potatoes. I feel like that's just older person food for when you have no teeth. And it, it makes me think of also like baby food, you know, obviously, which makes sense. And I just, you need texture. It's just anything like that makes me really grossed out. Wow. Really? Like I'm, I don't know. Mashed potatoes is like part of a lot of, well, I think Edgar and I talked about this previously. Like I, growing up in an Asian home, we like to uh, eat to th- eat things with a lot of different textures. Like I'm way more of a textural eater than than most. So like I kind of like the combination of crunchy and like I don't know, like something deep fried with like an avocado or something like creamy, like an avocado. Really, it is like super appealing or. Uh, I don't know. I don't like bean sprouts, but I can see why people like bean sprouts in like a rice dish or any meaty dish because you have that crunch as well. Uh, And then you have the more like also the gelatinous Mm. like courses. And then of course you add like crunchy things in them. But so yeah, I don't know. I like my potatoes. So like, like they serve as a good base. Yeah, so like I, I guess like at least for like a palate like you're talking about, chilaquiles would be interesting because it has mushy, it has saucy, it has crunchy, and it's also got right. like, but it doesn't sip. have creamy. It does not have creamy, right? No, and that's where the problem comes in. Why? Why is that a problem? Creamy and crunchy. Like I, I love a, a good combination of textures, all. but like creamy and crunchy, it's two textures that I don't want together. Creamy and what? Creamy yes. and crunchy. Creamy. No. This is why he hates the the chunky peanut butter. Apparently, that doesn't make sense because like you you gotta you, you like you like nachos, right? I mean, just not plain nachos. You, you like you probably like uh, guacamole, right? Guacamole with chips. That's creamy and and yeah. crunchy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like guacamole, but I, I I'll put like a little bit of it on the chip, not like a huge scoop of it, you know. Yeah, well, that's trying trying to control the combination there. You uh, see, I think you know, like I think me huh. and Andy had this conversation, uh, but like I, it drives me nuts when people go dip like a chip in the guacamole, and they and they scoop it up like they're digging for gold. They just uh-huh. go in and just like knuckle their their hand yeah. in there and scoop up a giant mountain of guacamole on top of a chip i've seen well, people... with, with any any dipped chip yeah item or dips i don't i don't like when people like it doesn't have to be a chip it can be like with bread or whatever just don't go in like you said knuckle deep and 
just try to scoop all of the whatever yeah. dips in yeah, there. I mean, why not? Why do you need the chip at that point? Just take a handful of it. <laughs> just get, yeah, just get, a, just get a spoon. I don't know. I don't you know. Shit. Also, there's a reason there's a loaf of bread there with all that dip. Get new friends. If you have people in your life that are doing this to you, you need to do something about it. It happened at a party. Oh, yeah, no, I, not, somebody not brought anymore. a plus one. The plus one, she didn't know how to eat out of a guacamole bowl. That's just... Because it's really complicated from anything else you might eat out of a bowl. I don't know. I don't it happens. You know, it just it happens. Like what if like what if she thought that you needed to like get a spoon like as a bowl of personal cereal and just start <laughs> eating out the guacamole? Like, <laughs> I would have been like, uh that's how oh, do you man. do this? I don't know that's, how to eat this. <laughs> that's that's for gonna everybody. be the next that is gonna be the next big product from Kellogg's. Is a cereal meant to be eaten with guacamole instead of milk? Oh, oh. they've already <laughs> taken it two steps too far several times. So Why, why'd you do that? <laughs> okay, so now hold on a second, right? We're talking about taking corn chips and dipping them in guacamole, right? Yeah. yeah. Realistically, how different is 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 that from a cornflake and guacamole? That's just. I'm not recommending it. I'm just positing the theoretical. But it, it's situation. about flavor. It's about flavor. Like you. It's about packaging. <laughs> your mom, we're your we're Americans. We're yeah. Americans. We don't understand flavor. <clears throat> flavor is if it's hot and salty, it's flavorful. Don't put us all in with all the Americans. <laughs> I'm just doing what the rest of the world does. I'm American. What yeah. the heck? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, other countries I know, a I know lot flavor. about our food <laughs> and they don't approve of our food habits. Yeah, I mean, I they think to be fair, that's what my parents. Yeah, I, that's what like, my parents say all the time. The the American my experience in the entire state of Wisconsin over the forty one years that I've been alive is the best you can expect from a restaurant in Wisconsin, in particular, is hot and salty. That is the if you get oh, hot God, and salty, food in Wisconsin sucks. Yeah, if you get hot and salty, it's, you've won. Right, like that's it's just so greasy and like like you said doesn't have many any flavor other than salt or pepper. Like they've never heard of onions or garlic before. Uh, and and you'll be damned if it's spicy. Like, don't you dare. But yeah, every time I go to unless unless you like German food. Unless you like German okay, food and yeah. you go to Milwaukee, then Milwaukee has pretty good German food. Yeah, there used to but be a restaurant in Milwaukee. Used to be a restaurant in Milwaukee called Carl Roches that was just like knock your socks off for German food, but they're gone now. That's sad. There's this. I think Mater's place is on Water Street in downtown Milwaukee that I used to go to. Uh, was it Mater's? No. Maybe it was just like something like brought house. I, I can't remember. Uh, I'll have to ask my Wisconsin friends. But I used, we, we used to go there. They used to have like different like types of meat on the, with like, like brats, I yeah. guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, like elk and uh, sure. venison. And then you have, you know, bratwurst and stuff like that. But they're really good. Yeah. Okay. So, so credit where credit is due. Wisconsin does German yeah. food, specifically bratwurst pretty good. Yes. Credit. Broad credit. Stop. Broad stop. I made I made an inappropriate blanket statement and I retract <laughs> it. 
Well, I mean, you were you were right with the blanket statement. Like, I didn't disagree with you. I was just remembering the uh, German feedback. <laughs> <Good there. laughs> I just I just want to say that the Floro podcast does not agree with any of the things that the people might say on this show. <laughs> their thoughts and uh, ideas are their own. <laughs> Especially, <laughs> especially not my cousin Dan. Especially the shit that's coming out of not my cousin Dan. Uh, so Emily, do you do you want do you want to go next? Um. Yeah, I would say um, I want to pull up the menu because one of the best meals I've had in I don't know breakfast wise in the last few years um, was in New Orleans. And um, it's a place called Ruby Slipper. Um, there's two locations. One's on Magazine Street, which is one of my favorite streets there because it's not near Bourbon Street with all the nonsense. It's like a prettier area, like mansions, and it's just very cute shopping and girl stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but they have fried green tomatoes there with the remoulade um, sauce and like a bacon onion jam. And they had a breakfast sandwich, which I don't think is on the menu permanently, but it was like a buttermilk biscuit with like chicken and the pickle and whatnot. But it had this like tower of candied bacon on the top that was like next level. I still am thinking about that sandwich and this has been a good three years since I had it. And I tried to replicate mm. it and of course I didn't replicate it, but it was amazing. Jesus Christ. And I'm glad you brought. Have you ever been to Denver, specifically Denver this is Denver Biscuit Company? No. Because uh, you probably really like that. They're obviously known for biscuits. It's a they're a, they're like a breakfast place out of Denver. Um, the biscuits are like this big, so they're like oh. as big as your face. And then then obviously they make sandwiches out of it, and. Yeah, I think they have something similar to what you were just describing because, like, the candied bacon sounds like something they would do. What is anyway, every called? time I go, stuff. What is that called? Is that the restaurant? That, no, that sandwich you guys are talking about. Does it have a name? Oh no, that's just variations on buttermilk biscuits. Probably, yeah, probably just some sort of made-up name. Jesus Christ, it sounds but delicious. I, I would say <laughs> that I never grew up having biscuits. I just grew up with a very bland American. Polish Irish family kind of menu so we you know had English muffins for breakfast with like our eggs and bacon and stuff but we never had biscuits so I discovered biscuits in like 2005 oh my god <laughs> you don't grow up with something or you're not around it you just don't think of it plus my mom always like growing up we were very healthy eaters and she would never let us have anything bad so there were certain things I just never tried. And then once I started ha eating Southern food and having like New Orleans type food and um, just like, uh, I don't know, any culture that would have a biscuit, I like am now obsessed with like the jam you put on it, like a spicy yeah. chili jam. Oh my God. So freaking good. Yeah. See, it's weird. I've grown out of this. Despite what I just said about Denver Business Co. I I've grown out of biscuits and I like prefer like croissants or English muffins, like you said. It's because I feel like biscuits are so dense. It's a lot. It's a um, treat. Yeah. So like, I felt like that meal in New Orleans for me was a treat. It wasn't something I'd be like, let's, if it was near me, I'd eat it five days a week. Like it was a treat for sure. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought up New Orleans because New Orleans is it's impossible to have a bad meal in New Orleans. Oh, absolutely. It's impossible. Even even like the worst meal that you will get in New Orleans will still be better than average compared to anywhere else. Have you been there, Edgar? Hmm. No, I'm like so oh. jealous of what you guys are like right, right now. My mouth is watering right now with what you just said. And now I'm like, man, I want to be in New Orleans eating some crazy sandwich. Between Edgar, the food, and I'm telling you, I have, despite being like a big drinker in my 20s, like it's never been a place I've wanted to go to party. I actually like the other areas of the city. Um, but Edgar, you would love like the history in terms of like the spooky cemeteries and yeah. like they've got all those tours and all these old gothic homes. And then you also have shopping and stuff for the kids to do. You have museums and the food is just bomb. The food yeah. is what makes it. Man, I would, I would, I would so love that. Cause I, I would love to take like a spooky tour, you know, and yeah. then like have all that delicious food you guys are talking about. Uh, and, and then as far as the food goes, like you could go without even having an itinerary and just be like, this place looks good. And you'd order something and it'd be like, this is the best version of this I've ever had anywhere. Wow. True. Well, the fish is probably pretty good down there too, right? Well, that too. I mean, you get, you get crazy like, like oysters and, and shrimp and, and oysters with every meal. Always. And, grouper like grouper i have a i have a thing like grouper is like my favorite fish and i mean you get grouper there it was alive four hours ago you know and anyway oh that's amazing so andy what's uh what's your uh breakfast thing that you love or you know so i i don't really eat breakfast that much i'm not a breakfast fan i just like breakfast food so i guess my go-to if I were like getting brunch or anything would be uh, any sort of Benedict, to be honest, that or chicken and waffles. <laughs> oh, interesting. Chicken and waffles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, I prefer Benedict's more than, more than chicken and waffles just cause uh, I like the poached eggs and English muffins cool. Sure. And then usually if there's like a braised short rib, like uh, Benedict or some sort of seafood Benedict. I'll go for that. That or it's like a chicken waffle sandwich or something. Hmm. Do you like to cook no. breakfast? Spicy so, honey. I love like a little bit of sweetness to that too. Now yeah, you, I, I do like cooking breakfast. Like I made this, uh, I made this breakfast bread bowl one time that just oh. had like. Here, actually, I have a picture of it, but it had layers of eggs. Uh, cheese, uh, ham, bacon, gravy. Let me see if I can get pictures of it. Jesus, you made a bowl. You made a breakfast bowl. Look at that. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty gorgeous. Cheese, I like you. It basically what it looks like. It you know for the people listening, it looks like like almost like a beef Wellington, but with breakfast in it. You know, so yeah. So I I bought a a sourdough roll at Whole Foods, and then you hollow it out. <clears throat> so on the bottom, I put like an egg and cheese base, so the gravy and the sauce wouldn't get all like soaked through the bottom, so it would like stay whole. And then I think on top of the eggs, it's was it gravy, bacon, ham, more eggs, 
What kind more of gravy? gravy? More cheese. Uh, I made a sausage gravy. Nice. With just like spicy, Beautiful. spicy sausage and uh, <sighs> a lot of cream. Terrible for it. Meal on death row or something. <laughs> <laughs> So since you brought up Benedict's, this actually brings up a, a, a question, a debate that I've had with myself a number of times. Does biscuits mm. and gravy count as a Benedict? No. Because it, no? no? But I mean, it's got, no. it's got, a, it's got kind of all of the elements what, of a Benedict. No, it doesn't. What, what is a Benedict? Because I'm not, I don't know. Benedict, a basic Benedict is poached egg on an English muffin. With hollandaise sauce, you might get another protein like ham, Canadian bacon, or you know brisket or something like that. But that's your basic English mu- or not your basic uh, Benedict is a poached. It, the egg has to be poached. The egg is and poached. Has to be on the English muffin. And also right. the hollandaise is what makes it too. The hollandaise. Yeah, the the hollandaise is really what makes it. And those so there's no flexibility there. So like you couldn't prepare biscuits and gravy on a on a biscuit, split the biscuit, put a poached egg on it, maybe put some, maybe put a piece of bacon or, or Canadian bacon, and then smother it with. That would be a different interpretation. That would just be on biscuits. Yeah, that's just like a poached egg on on biscuits and gravy. So where does the egg have to be in terms of location for it to be? eggs benedict does it have to be like on top of the biscuit can it be on the same plate do i have to put it on a separate plate like where does this oh it's on top of the it's on top of the biscuit or no it's on top of the muffin it just i don't know i I don't know what an eggs benedict i've never had it i've never had eggs benedict i don't think so yeah no i I may have i may have done it being a pig at like a fucking at a at a all you can eat joint or something but Never act- there. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want yeah, they wouldn't have from a there. steamer table. That would. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Then in that case, I don't think I've ever had it. Like biscuits, that's it, something it's... for me that I didn't grow up with either. So I only had this in adulthood. So I'm not married to it. But the egg is like hollandaise sauce. I really don't like. But the egg is what makes it for me in terms of like why I would eat it. Hmm. Okay, I like so, it all. I'm not too big on hollandaise sauce, but I appreciate it, I guess. It's special. <laughs> I just don't like the taste. I mean, so why would it's okay. I huh. Yeah. So I, hollandaise it, is, is like okay. Said, sausage though, gravy is better, you know? Yeah, I'll agree with that. For me, it's the egg and the English muffin. Um, I, I've come to really like poached eggs. Yeah. Uh, poached eggs are the so. superior egg, you know? It's, there's no question <laughs> Superior. Uh, it depends <laughs> on the situation. I'm I'm not biased on on egg cook, cooking. It just depends on what situation it is. So, um, like that thing you just showed us, the bread bowl with the breakfast in it, is mm-hmm. freaking amazing. It it just it, like I saw that and I'm like, that's fucking genius. Oh yeah, no, I, I saw it at Whole Foods one time. I was like, wait. Oh, I can put a bunch of breakfast foods in it and just eat that for like a day. Okay. That's, so it was like a football Sunday at my roommate and I just whipped this, it up. So you, really came up, easy. you came up with that on your own or you saw it someplace? No, I came up with it on my own. It was, it was during a time when everyone was like obsessed with 
with bread bowls anyway. So I was like, wait, why don't I just make one that's cool instead of like a stupid soup bowl? Emily, <laughs> yeah. Emily, what did you call it? What did you call it? It's called a what? I don't know what I said. <laughs> you said it's called a, a, a something. Um, I didn't hear it either. Oh, I, I was saying that he saw the bread, not the bread bowl as it appeared in the store. Oh, okay. Next oh, yeah, I know. Like, the Whole Foods he, next to me sells that, like, every, every day. Dig it out. And that's one of my favorite things about breakfast foods in particular is... I agree, I'm, but I agree that... <laughs> like, is it I me? Think or is Emily's it? on, like, a time delay. Yeah, Emily's, like, yeah. frozen a little bit. Wait, so, can... Emily, can you hear us? Yeah, internet's okay. unstable, I think. Yeah, okay, so now okay. it's, it's not my microwave... no your your kids went over to emily's place and they're making popcorn there (laughs) (laughs) i knew it i saw the camera go off on my phone and someone left (laughs) (laughs) they got really far i don't know how they got here from your place but Well, you know, I told them they can't use my microwave. They didn't, and that means I didn't, you know, that doesn't stop them from using your microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. I heard you all, got, all of you talking and it was just like, eh, 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 and I was like, awesome. Oh, <laughs> so it sounded like normal. Oh, so you're, you're, right? <laughs> yeah. Your, your screen was just frozen. So we were like, wait, is she still there? Yeah. It was like, we just kept going. I'm thinking we'll keep going and see what happens. <laughs> From, from Emily's point of view, we all just sound like the adults from Charlie Brown cartoons. Per that breakfast bowl, though, that that's kind of my favorite thing about breakfast foods is you they're comparatively easy to recreate in your own in your own kitchen. You know? Oh, definitely. Compared to some, you do something like fried. Or like you do some like specialty thing. Yeah. Honestly, even if you do, most of the time it's like slow roasted uh, meat anyway that's on like breakfast food. So that that stuff's relatively easy to do. It's just a little yeah. time consuming, but you can yeah. always set it and forget it. Dude, you need to post that. You need to put that on fucking on Instagram or something because that is like to me that looks like brilliance i'm like that is so awesome oh see i i i had the plans to make a version two of it with uh fried chicken and more gravy and i might have incorporated wa- oh no i remember what i did with that i turned out and made a pizza with that oh you see um, but, you see but you, you took it out of the breakfast arena and now you're putting it in dinner and so you made like a breakfast pizza debatable i made a breakfast pizza with uh, with sausage gravy as like oh so it's still breakfasty. Here, let me see oh, if I can get a picture of that. That's amazing. I used to make I used to make Polish pizzas for myself. I used to Polish make a like pizza. I I'd make my own pizza dough and then I I'd, I'd make a sauce uh, with uh, like uh, stone ground mustard as the base and then I'd put like like kielbasa and mushrooms and and uh, and some paprika on there and some uh, like Polish farmer cheese. Potato it's not. No, no, you can't put potatoes on pizza. Oh, I've That's seen it. it done. I've seen no. it. That's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. 
That is, it is inappropriate. That would be one of those instances where I'd be like, the texture is just thrown off because now you have mush on my pizza. Oh, here it is. So, yeah, yeah, that looks awesome. Uh, God damn it. Oh, see, see, see the idea of making a pizza with sausage gravy as the base instead of, instead of like as the sauce. I'm gonna do that now. It was now, so, I'm, I'm gonna. It was so rich I could only eat one piece, and it was like, oh my god. I'm gonna do that, that and I'm gonna so make. Too much. I'm gonna make the crust like I'm gonna make because I'm pretty good at making biscuits. I'm gonna make a biscuit crust and see how that works out. Oh, that crust is homemade. That that yeah. crust was homemade too. It was a thinner crust than I would like. My my buddy made it. Um, it, it was good. I, next time I do it though, I'd I'd want a thicker crust, like like Dan was saying, like. Maybe like a biscuit crust or something like you'd yeah. find on a Detroit style pizza. Yeah, like make a biscuit crust, do the whole thing in like a cast iron skillet, you know? Yep. Like almost yep. like a deep that, dish, that, like that. a deep dish pizza. Did you guys I yeah dinner? This is so unfair. I was I was just about to say, do you guys hey. ever turn on a, a, a cooking show or something on Netflix? And then next thing you know, you're like eating everything in the fucking refrigerator while you're watching the show. Dude, this is I I am gonna do that i like watch cooking shows and enjoy i'm kind of pretty good at not doing that yeah i yeah uh, what what i end up doing like i'll watch the cooking shows and then i go on like a cooking binge for like three weeks you know? <laughs> like, oh, that's like I, i've been binging on uh the great Bit british baking show oh god know? i it's my and, religion my and religion I, I feel like the british have like <laughs> elevated baking to this this other thing they take they seem to take it really seriously you know well they're and like my, my grandmother take everything seriously my grandmother was a professional baker that's what she did she she wow. ran a bakery in chicago and she, she used to bake all the time and so i actually am pretty good at baking things but they're doing stuff that's like what who even thought of this you know like what, what are you doing and, yeah. and a lot of it frankly looks kind of awful uh, you know like, like they, they really dig like turkish delight have you ever had turkish oh delight? yes i that see I, that uh they mentioned turkish delight in the lion the witch in the wardrobe yes yes which is why i was so fascinated i'm like i've never seen it like that before and then have you have you have you ever had it like it's not yeah. good it's no, not it's delicious it's it's kind of it's like something you would expect to get fed in wisconsin uh, <laughs> Wait, that's what I, Turkish delight is. For the roadkill. Turkish delight is just like, from what I see, it looks like cubes of Jello. It looks well, like there, it's Latin, but it's hard, a little harder. There's there's different versions of it too. So they, there's like Turkish delight, like it's all of it's some kind of like gelatinous base, but some of it's like more like cubes or or harder, and then some of it's kind of like almost like a, a really thick jam and you gotta like spoon yeah. it you know now now that i know what this is i like turkish delights i just never knew knew that, that was what these were called yeah pistachios are always huh. in play um it's interesting yeah. i think i liked it because i just thought it was such a throwback because i remember that 80s version yeah. of the narnia movie and like i just I just was like, oh, Turkish delight because the evil witch is giving it to him and it's like on this platter and I thought it was some like fancy dessert that I'd never be able to yeah. try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Until and I realized it's a very common British dessert yeah. they eat. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
watching the Great British Baking Show also, it, it like always reminds me of those old fashioned candies that like your grandparents, like spice drops. And like, I don't know if you've ever had spice drops where they're, they're like gummies, you know, but instead of being like a, like orange flavor or lime flavor, they're, they're clove flavored and cardamom flavored. And it, it always made me think like, did people hate children in the past? <laughs> because well, or how it's... awful, how awful must the world have been for a kid to get a clove spice drop and be like, oh, this is delicious and delightful. I'm so happy, Mama. Oh, so... Thank you for my spice drop. Like, they know it's torture. So here's the thing, like American food in general, specifically like pre-2000s pre-90s even but like pre-2000s a little bit more it was garbage <laughs> it's true like it's very true it's trash <laughs> like you get the likes of like ambrosia salad uh, <laughs> oh, mi- yeah. microwave meals like like full microwave cookbooks um what else um, oh God, or, like or like all boiled, of those like boiled, chilled like jello dishes yeah or, or yeah, aspic yeah like, like, or like, like tomato puree in aspic served chilled delicious. yeah or like boiled anything it's like uh and i i didn't realize it growing up because obviously my parents never cooked that stuff around me until yeah, i grew I, up I and like my 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 friends told me about it. they're like yeah dude you didn't know like white people food like in the 90s was like this <laughs> 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 I was like, no, what? Hamburger Helper, what the hell? Yeah. But even in just like general, like when you think of the immigrants that came over um, like to the United States, you've got a lot of the Irish population and Eastern European population. Of course you had- All that food's boring. Other, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about like, I'm thinking about like where the 1950s, when I think of the food they ate prior to that, it was just bland. It was like, everything was bland. There was no flavor. And it wasn't until you have people emigrating from places that actually have spices and flavor that I think that we were introduced to more than the table salt and pepper. Yeah. I mean, I have a weak spot for Polish food just because, you know, my, my, that's my heritage. My mom is from Poland, you know, and, and I used to get the Polish food that you don't really get here because they, you know, so, so like there was a lot of horse. Is it borscht? Yeah. yeah. There was, there was that, but there was, there's a lot of horseradish. There's a oh. lot of paprika, you know, a lot of, a lot of mushrooms and, and um, all sorts of organ meats. So, I mean, there was flavor to be had. I have a weak spot for it, you know? What's borscht? Um, beet soup. Oh, it but we all, like we call it, de- it depends on where cold, you come from in, in Poland. Some people, the cold borscht, some people it's borscht. It doesn't have to be cold. Yeah. Technically I, have, I have a lot of Polish friends that invite me to like their, the Polish holidays. I've had borscht quite a few times. It's pretty good, honestly. Really? Well, and there's, there's different the color, kinds of it. So, so like you have the Christmas borscht, borscht which is, uh, it's like a clear red, uh, soup with pieces of beets in it mm-hmm. you're supposed to you, you eat it with these little mushroom dumplings in it you know yeah. uh and then you have the spring barsh which is beet soup but you mix some uh some sorrel into it and you get a little sour cream in there and, and you do you eat it cold 
like a vichyssoise. But it's really and, now I uh, and you dice up. You're supposed to dice up some hard boiled eggs and put it in there. Oh, really? I, I, oh my God, you just blew my mind. I always wondered why they changed the, the borscht recipe from winter to spring. It's like, dude, it's the same thing. Why are you guys like doing different shit? Now it makes so much sense. Because I, I would I would go hang out with them for like, you know, Christmas time, obviously in winter. And I'd, I'd get the red clear borscht. Mm-hmm. And then for like Easter and stuff, I'd go hang out with them or go to the like family dinner and stuff. And I'd get the other kind. And it's like, wait. <laughs> this was different than when you gave this to me like four months ago. But now well, it makes sense. Okay. I think historically speaking, it probably has to do with in the spring. I mean, those beets have been sitting around for five months, you know? And so mm-hmm. you, you got to do something else with it to make the soup taste good. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar is not going to be trying borscht anytime soon. I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Sorry, it's, man. it's really good. I mean, it's if it's made well, it's it's really tasty, you know. And you, you got like sorrel soup. Um, good. There, there is there is good food to be had that's not bland in the what, cold. What's sorrel? It's an herb. Uh, yeah. There, it it has other names, but I I don't off the top of my head know what they are. Mm. And I, I used to know what it was uh, in Polish, but I can't remember. I grew up. Well, as I say, I grew up Polish. I'm still Polish. Uh, <laughs> I was Polish and then I decided eh, to hell with that. Uh, <laughs> no more. So we, but we were just really, I had to introduce myself to good food because my dad's side, I didn't see because he passed away when I was young and they were in Wisconsin. So God help them. Um, I didn't really see that side that much, but there's Finnish, Polish, and Irish are predominant. And my mom grew up, she was born in 50. So like all the food she had was like canned and boring, <laughs> and horrible. And she hated beets growing up. And it was never part of my like menu as a child. And it wasn't until I was older again and probably in my 20s that I had beets and I fell in love with them. But she's remembering it as like the stuff that's like gelatinous in a can mm-hmm. from 1955. Well, sure. of course you're not going to want to have beets if that's what yeah. they are. Yeah, right. But we just had a bland. I had to find spicy food and meet more people and travel more in order to, you know, get to that yeah. level of loving food because I did not grow up with any kind of anything yeah. like beyond turkey and potatoes and green beans out of cans um and then when we had older salads lots of salads we always had salads i think um the horseradish because my family in particular they're nuts about horseradish and i mean like like we so we're good. the type of people where like you'd spoon the horseradish out and you just eat spoonfuls of it with like you wouldn't put yeah. it on the food like you'd put a piece Ooh. of food in your mouth and then Ooh, a spoonful yeah. of horseradish it's good you know? though because i didn't grow up and even with that actually at the I know it's like it's like the most old person restaurant in the loop, but at Russian tea time in the loop. Oh yes, I remember they, Russian tea time. They have they make their own horseradish vodka, and it's to die for. Yeah. I've had uh, that, and I've done tea there because I've done tea everywhere in the world because I love tea, and I'm like I haven't actually done the Russian tea room, and that place is legit. I I like that place a lot. It's super old school, and they have the caviar and all of the like it's just old school as heck i'm not i'm not making the best cup of tea that i've ever had in my life not making this up 
was on an old dilapidated train in China and ser they're serving it off the cart as they come through the aisle. Best cup of tea I've ever had in my life. There's nice jasmine tea, all the tea is still just floating in the water. Best cup of tea, unbelievable. I wonder if that's just, I don't know. It seems like that should be at the same time. Like that's and, I mean, there could be a lot of sentimentality to that. I, you know, yeah, yeah. probably well, only ever gonna get to go to China once, you know? Yeah. So, um, but as you know, did you ever have any of the like like the traditional Polish breakfast foods when you were growing up? See, no, we we didn't have that. Despite that background, it was like boring American food. So that's another example. We had like never grew up with pierogies or anything like yeah. that. So like Polish breakfast foods from when I was a kid, there's actually probably a lot of overlap there between. Mexican breakfast foods and Chinese breakfast foods, from what I remember, the food they're very bland, right? What? But no, no, no. The foods I'm going to talk about very okay. bland. But like, I think <laughs> they're made they're made for like the palate of children, and I like I, I have a lot of nostalgia for them. But my grandmother used to make it, it was like the world's simplest thing. It was rice and milk. It was basically like a congee, but mm. just but sweet. I was so going to say, yeah, Chinese it, breakfast food, Asian it was, breakfast food in general. It was rice and milk with with butter. And and, and so like you'd boil the, the rice in the milk. And it mm -hmm. was it, it had the same consistency of a kanji, but you had butter in there and, and a lot of sugar, and it would be really sweet. And as it happens, I'm a huge fan of kanji as an adult. And it's probably because I used to eat that three three days a week when I was a kid. Yeah. So Man, there's that's, a, that's funny you say that. I hate kanji. Oh, uh, I love kanji. Um, just because growing up, like, my parent, my mom used to try to force it on me all the time, and I just didn't want to eat it. It just looked gross. And, I mean, I really like rice. So, like, my mindset was, why the hell would I eat kanji when I could just eat a bowl of rice instead? So, like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. There's something now soothing it's okay, about it. You know? but, I, so, my mindset with it was, and it's, I partially blame my dad, but uh, kanji being what it is, is mostly served to children, old people, and sick people. <laughs> I kind of the whole like old people, sick people thing. I was like, well, I'm not old and I'm not sick. What do I need to eat this shit for? Yeah. So I, I just wouldn't really eat kanji. Plus it was really, at that time, I didn't really like soupy rice, I guess, or soupy anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was way more picky as a kid. I mean, I'll eat it now. I'm not going to like seek it, seek it out or anything, but if it's presented and it's there, like I'll, I'll eat it. My, uh, um, my, my son does not like kanji. He'll have it if he has to, but he much more, yeah. he, you know, he's a little, he's a little boy. He'd much rather have meat. My, like my daughter will, yeah. will have a ton of, uh, kanji. She will, she'll eat that up. I, I guess I'm old, so I guess I like kanji because of that. Who knows? <laughs> well, but, I mean, Ed, I don't know how old everybody else on the podcast is, but Edgar, you and I are both old enough where we take Tylenol like it's a daily vitamin supplement. I try not so, to, but yeah. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> well, really it's, it's reasonable. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. It's a joke. We, we don't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I mix it up. Some days I take Tylenol, some days I take ibuprofen. <laughs> but yeah, like the kanji, like uh recently um there's this girl, uh her name is 
uh they call her Ro. She's she has her own little like YouTube channel. She it's called Nerdy Young uh, Nummies. Nerdy Nummies. And she put up a recipe for kanji and she calls it happy kanji. She puts quail eggs on it. She she and she puts a, a strip of bacon so to make a face, like a happy face yeah. from like the Mulan movie. She was doing it for like like to kind of ride the the wave of the Mulan movie coming out. And so my daughter saw that, asked my wife to make it. My wife made it. And now we have kanji like two times a week, you know, wow. since then. Yeah. Well, but that like you can make a batch of kanji and, and it's going to last you like two okay. weeks, you know? Well, I don't know about two weeks. Well, no, yeah, you've got three last... people in your house. I'm talking, you know, like, yeah. but, you know, I, I always make kanji with bacon, you know, like I'll fry bacon up first and put it in the, in the, mm. in the pot with the kanji. And then I, I'll do poached eggs with it, you know? Yeah, we did we did the the quail uh, fried sunny side up egg like she does it. A fucking I had no idea quail eggs had so much flavor. They're so flavorful. They're so oh, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were talking about oh, these. Yeah, they're that's, they're intense. That's my personal favorite. Uh, sashimi is oh yes ikura the salmon eggs yeah with a quail egg mm-hmm. cracked over it raw like, yeah that is the best version of sashimi in my mind i i i have to find a place that'll do that i don't know if there's a place that can do that there there was a place out by me i was telling you there was a place out by me that i would go in like once every two weeks and get like like go for dinner and order two pieces of it like that and then finally i went there they were like we we just don't have it nobody else orders this we were only ordering it for you (laughs) you know and so like we we can't we can't keep quail eggs on the shelf if you're the only one who's going to eat them no <laughs> well, go buy was, your own quail egg it was a sad day <laughs> yeah well it, it, that's it, that's funny my my parents own a sushi restaurant and they they serve that not many people order it but they still just it's still on the menu they haven't taken it off in like oh, 10 wow. years it's like that and like uni. creamy at the same time I so like, i don't know it's so good Offline, please tell me where your parents' sushi restaurant is so that I can get my fix. Oh, it's in India and it is far from here. So it's in India? <laughs> no, it's in Indiana. Oh, okay. Indi- yeah, it's Indiana. Like a, it's like a you three know, and a half hour drive from Chicago. When when I was doing comedy, I, I would end up I, I did a lot of shows in like Michigan and uh, in down in like Kentucky and Florida. And at, I would always end up driving in Indiana. And after several years of it, I figured out like there is there is nothing, nothing worthwhile in Indiana. <laughs> it's the worst state of all the states, like it's uh, the worst and, and like, the you know, you spend enough times driving the seven or eight hours that it takes to get south through Indiana into Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You, you do that 10 or 12 times. And, and I mean, it's enough to make you want a cyanide capsule. My know? ex it's, lived in uh, Louisville. It's, it's, not, as, it's not as bad as Nebraska. Uh, you know, but there's a difference because you go into Nebraska with no expectations. No, exactly. It's Nebraska. It's the Cornhusker State. You're telling me you have. Alone. You're telling me you have expectations going through. 
I used to. I used to expect that Indiana had more. The literal crossroads state. Like there, there is <laughs> nothing in Indiana other than than interstate highways and semi tractor trailer trucks. That's all that's, that's all there. Crossroads state. They've got the the fans, the windmills. You know, that's the one Windmill. thing I know that I I look for. Uh, uh, you know, I. I have to, again, I have to retract a little bit. There is an awesome comedy club in Bloomington, Indiana called the Comedy Attic. Awesome club. I only performed there once as a, Bloomington, doing a guest uh, spot and, and I, I was never invited back, but that club. Awesome. <laughs> well, see, Bloomington is, a, is an oasis in, in yeah. the hot trash that is Indiana. Yes, agreed. Yeah, it's, it's like a a miniature version of Austin, Texas, you know, like it's, it's worthwhile. So uh, once again, for our listeners, I want to remind everyone that the ideas that are being thrown around <laughs> by our guests on this podcast is not the ideas um, that belong to actually the flow roll <laughs> podcast is separate from these, their ideas are their own. All right. All right. Otra vez. What's, <laughs> what's your breakfast food? You haven't uh, volunteered yet. Yeah. Oh, I was just letting you guys flow. I, I, I was having fun just listening to you guys talk about food and stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Emily's over there dancing. Or That's what that was. Oh, yeah. is that, that's <laughs> like that, like the, the insane shock dance. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that means, yeah, it's, it's bad. That means, that like means that. quick call the ambulance. Yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> grab a glass of orange juice quick stat stat on the oj so uh my breakfast food um that's like my go-to thing and and i do this like so i i can cook this but if i go to a new restaurant uh this is one of the things i'll ask if it's breakfast uh breakfast time but um it's called uh, machacado or, or where was called machacado it's, it's basically, um, it's like a dried meat and they, uh, I should have looked, I should have looked up uh, to tell you exactly what kind of steak or beef meat it is, but it's a, it's a, it's a dry meat and, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, mixed in with some scrambled egg and basically what you would use for, uh, pico de gallo, which is like cilantro, onions, and some jalapeno peppers and tomato, no lime, but everything else excuse me and so uh and then you 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 fry all that together and then you throw the egg in eventually and you get this uh mixed up thing and usually it's served depending on where you go rice and beans the thing is uh, if i go to a new mexican restaurant and i it's breakfast time i will ask for this because i know what it's supposed to look like and if it looks like crap uh i'll still i'll still pay for yeah. it you send it back but I won't eat Aww. it. No, I don't. I don't send it. What am I going to do? Tell them, hey, you, you don't know how to make machacado. They're going to send me something else. You know, take back asking. this garbage. I demand <laughs> this plate of food. No, I'll, I'll, I might poke <laughs> at it, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that much. I'm not that much of a food snob. But yeah, I will. I would. Um, I would not eat it. I'll just look. I'll just you know. I might poke at it just to kind of make it look like I ate. And, but I would not, I will not eat it. <laughs> move it around. Oh, yeah, just move it around. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, just like yeah. messing around, throw a napkin on top of it. No one, no one, no one will know. Nobody will know. And then people and so, that work in restaurants don't know that's that trick. <laughs> well, I and I won't come back. You know, like I, I know that they, you know, that there's a, a few different things wrong with that. You know, because it's like they don't know how to cook machacado. It's not a super hard dish to make, but if you don't make it right, you know. I'll be able to tell because you can do one or two things like you can, you know, uh, basically if it's not cooked right or if it's, you know, if it's, if it's cooked too long, you, which is usually the problem, the, the, uh, the beef jerky type meat, which is like a dry, the dried meat, it, it'll get really hard and you know, they over fried it. Right. So like, what's the reason for that? Is it because, it's been sitting around or, you know, why is it over fried? Maybe they're not paying attention. So I know not to like go back to that place, <laughs> you know? So there's, there's a few things that I'll do that with when I go to a restaurant, but that's. My whole thing is I give them a chance the first time. And then if, you know, like if I didn't love it, I'm not going to leave a bad tip. I'm not going to leave a bad review. I'm just not going to go back. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm not going to do anything evil like that. Yeah, you're right. I, that's not what I would do. I would just, I would pay for my food. You know, I would play with it, make it look like I ate. And then well, and I back. feel like, like there's like an etiquette to go into a restaurant. So like, if you go to a, a breakfast joint and you get something that's maybe not, not up to snuff, not, not up to what you were expecting, you know, you just smile and bear it. Like if you go to a, a fancy restaurant and you get something that's cooked wrong, okay, that's okay to send it back. I'm paying yeah. 50 bucks for the plate. If this isn't right, it's it's within the realm of appropriate etiquette to be like, this isn't correct, you know? Well, I'm curious to know which, how many um, plates have you sent back in your life? Because I've sent back one plate in my entire life. In my entire I'll life? Back 20. Yeah, I, oh, I, see, I, mean, I see you doing that, Andy. I see you doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends I, on the place and like how much I pay, but typically, yeah, yeah it's like, it's like, yo, dude, you made this wrong. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've sent back pro I've, you know, probably a dozen times or so, and it's usually a steak because for some reason, and this is something I can't possibly understand, especially in the country that like steak is what we do here. Like, how can a right. restaurant they overcook it? so consistently screw up, screw up a steak? And like, it's gotten to the point where if I order a steak in a restaurant, I order it rare because one of two things, I like it rare. And so I'll eat it that way. But chances are, I'll get a decent medium rare steak. And that's also okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you order it medium rare, you end up getting it. You end up getting shoe leather. Half yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I, I've gotten to the point where I, I just won't even order steak or go out to eat steak anymore i'd rather just make it at home i'm there too but like you, you spend are, way less money and you get it the way you want it yeah i'm i'm there too but there there are some restaurants where it's like we've established okay if i go here i'm going to get what i want and they're going to have a better piece of meat than i can easily get my hands on so i'm just going to go and order steak. oh see that's that's debatable too you can you can probably get your hands on a lot of like the similar cuts that are better uh, than restaurant quality from like even even a uh, jewel has like no uh, dry no. aged steak now oh do they really they yeah generally I've got it before for everything related to meat and produce and uh yeah and no so I've here's the that. thing with meat in grocery stores 
with with beef specifically, all of it has to go through USDA test like yeah. qualifications and QA. And this is only with beef. So yes, the stuff at whole or comparatively from like Whole Foods to Jewel is different, but they're graded differently. So you can actually see the grades. Um and also you're not gonna use a garbage piece of meat for dry aging. Like it, it's just kind of stupid. Um, so you can kind of count account for that. Also, you, you can see the meat. Like if you can't tell what's a good cut of meat, and like what isn't, then you probably shouldn't be cooking it anyway, or you probably shouldn't be talking yeah. about. You know, good. one of the problems I've been having when I've been going to the grocery store lately too is, is like I'll go and I'll ask for example, I ask for like a grass fed skirt skate skirt stater uh, steak or something, right? <clears throat> I get to the counter and they're like, oh, well, we're out of skirt steak, you know, and, you know, skirt steak's like, you know, 13 bucks an hour, uh, 13 bucks an hour, uh, 13 bucks a pound. If you, if you want, it's not doing that well, no, no, it's not working. <laughs> it's not working as much as it should. Oh, no. that's it. That's an interesting concept for a restaurant. You pay by the hour and you just eat however much you can eat. Oh, oh. no. Dangerous, right? Yeah. Well, well, that'd be, that'd be. That's pressure. I don't Very know. Very dangerous. Yeah, well, you get people like relax. stuffing their face, you know, like I got $20. I got one hour to eat all this. <laughs> I mean, basically, it'd be no different than than the all you can eat buffet phenomenon. You know? Yeah, but I mean, you could stay all day. Well, <laughs> a lot of actually a lot of all you can eat places that I've been to have have started to put like time limits on it. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the only places I do, really do all you can eat are like Hot Pot or like uh, that, like <laughs> Golden Corral in downtown Chicago. So, Golden like, Corral. they only limit you to an hour and a half. My phone just—I just said when I when I said, "Are you serious?" My phone just went off and it said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Siri was like, "Yes." <laughs> She's a nosy bitch. Yes, she is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but like uh anyway what i was saying was it's like i'll go to the like the counter and I'll, I'll ask for skirt steak and they won't have it but they'll give me you know the conventional steak for the same price i'm like i'm not paying a conventional steak as much as i would pay for you know grass-fed i also <laughs> wonder why are they always using the microwave like are there snacks that yeah. can be eaten outside of the microwave and well, also why do they keep eating so much can't you just start buying them some Jiffy Pop and they cook it on the stove? <laughs> they, Let them I, use the stovetop, Edgar. Yeah, well, I don't, I, you know. Oh, I, that's right. Kids aren't allowed to cook on the stove. Oh, my kids could. I mean, they could, but I probably shouldn't let them. But still, like, <laughs> God damn it. I, I'm sure they, they microwave something just now. They, it drives me nuts. And then I go down there and I'm like, what you guys microwave? Nothing. And then they have like this giant bowl of popcorn or they got a cup of noodles in their hand or something ah, pockets. <laughs> <laughs> all right so who's uh who's next dan is it back to you uh i i already did two my man oh you did I, two I can, I, I can do more i brought up the whole topic of polish style kanji but that was like uh, I guess I guess that can count. There's an there's another version of that that my grandmother used to. Are make. we Basically being graded on thing. this, Tucker? Yes, uh, the uh, there's there's a test. <laughs> okay. 
Just checking. You guys go pass or whatever. Anyway, um, that was a bad joke. I'm gonna edit that out. So, so just so you guys know, you're gonna edit out, edit it out. I'm gonna I edit, agree. I'm gonna edit out my bad jokes. Just leave all the good ones in, which is basically all you guys. <laughs> so wait, I have a question about like um, carb intake for breakfast because I was brought up to believe that you get to order one entree. Um, I don't agree with that anymore. That said we never would have waffles with pancakes or biscuits and pancakes. I know this is very American. That's a oh, those rules rule. be damned. Yeah, that's a stupid rule. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, dumb rule. Yeah, I don't we don't by those eating rules. <laughs> we don't do that. You should be able to eat whatever you want. And you there's a lot of good carbs that are in breakfast food. It's just how it I, is. It's I very mean, carby. you should, this is America, okay? You should be allowed to order yourself a Belgian waffle slap a pancake on it and put another belgian waffle on top of it if you want to and a crepe and a crepe yeah. oh crepes crepes we got to talk about crepes. see that's crepes something i wish people. we had more in in the states there aren't many places that have like good crepes or surf crepes at all yeah oh well wow. there was a place really? in andersonville that was at the corner of foster and clark and they did both sweet and savory they closed a couple years ago and part of my heart just turned gray because it was yeah. seriously some of the best, like very family owned, you know, very Mediterranean, Middle Eastern inspired, like yeah. like the goat cheese and the the, the nuts, yeah. and, like the savory ones. And then they would do like the simple lemon and sugar crepe, but then they'd also do the Nutella ones. And there's no place in the city that does it like they did. And it's, it makes me very sad. Doesn't Ann Sather do crepes? I mean, not savory ones, I don't think. You guys, uh, this is maybe the only time I'm ever going to say this. You guys got to get out of the city because there's like creperies like every time I turn around. That's hmm. interesting. Way, way the heck out in Woodstock. I hope it's still there. Like Woodstock and Barrington, there, there's... A couple of there's a places that specialize in savory crepes. I was just about to ask because like I the only way I've ever experienced crepes is with kind of like in a dessert kind of thing kind of way, and I am and they're delicious that way. I don't care for them. Ah uh, well, why do you have to be really? wrong so consistently? <laughs> so consistently, I I, don't, the- I I just don't. I'm not a big sweets guy. Um, so- they don't have to be sweet. They can be filled with chicken and cheese and red peppers or or like a like i've had there's a place out like i said in woodstock where they'll do like a breakfast crepe but it's like if you were to take uh a benedict and wrap it up in a crepe so you've got like the the poached egg in there and you've got uh canadian bacon and then they sprinkle they, they pour the hollandaise on top of it i've had it like in dim sum where they have beef crepes Mm. but i i don't uh but i know the kind of grapes the crepes that you guys are i can't i can't talk because yeah. my mouth is so full of like it's like i i'm my mouth is watering so it's kind of, i'm having a hard time talking but in terms of like a, a savory crepe is the is the crepe dough thicker it's no thick. it's the same it's the same like same. super thin yeah <laughs> crepe. yeah yeah. Uh, when, I, when I was a kid, my grand crepes were a big thing for, for my, you know, we call them Nalashniki, you know, but that's, it's the same thing as a crepe. 
and I mean, we put everything in him. Like we, we, a lot of them were sweet. Like we'd fill them with, like my grandmother would just sprinkle sugar right on them and roll them up, you know, <laughs> or, uh, or, you know, jams and, and, or Nutella, or actually that was like the best crepe I ever had. Again, a street vendor in Paris at like two in the mm-hmm. morning. I got a, a, a Nutella banana crepe from a street vendor in Paris. And I mean, it's simple street, street food is like life, right? Like it's always the best. Yeah. Like one of the best meals that you can, I swear to God, one of the best meals that you can get in America is a $2 and 50 cent um, kebab from a street vendor in, in Manhattan, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. one of the best meals you can get. It's, it's, it's always perfect. Maybe it's, it's one of the things is, you know, you don't go in with high expectations. I don't know, but it's, it's delicious. They put that, it, that uh, kind of spicy red sauce that they make it in and you just meat on a stick and it's delicious, you know? Yeah. Like the best street food that I've ever had was again in Spain. I've told you, Emily, the, mm-hmm. the bocadillos, the bocadillos, they're like these sandwiches. They're just the best and super simple. It's just bread and meat and some cheese and that's mm-hmm. it there's no condiments there's no like lettuce there's none of that stuff that we do here and it's amazing it's amazing because it's it's about the the meat it's about quality. the bread the quality it's about the quality of the food that you're the ingredients of, that you're getting so you don't have to cover it in mayonnaise and mustard and all that other crap we do here mm-hmm. oh I love everything about street food and I had a crepe in Paris right outside the Eiffel Tower that was just the lemon where they sprinkle it with the sugar and it was like the best thing I've ever had in my life. It was so good. Yep. So good. Damn it. I'm so hungry now. And And, and here's, here's... I miss travel and I'm hungry. These things are sad and they're (laughs) making me sad. Yeah. 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 I miss eating at a restaurant. I I loved, I love eating at a restaurant. I love seeing my kids eat at a restaurant. You know what I, while we're on the topic of breakfast, you know what I miss? What's that? Dim sum. Mm. Yeah, I, I miss eating at dim sum, mm. like at a restaurant, you know. Uh, oh, and ramen too, because once you get ramen home, it's not going to be hot. You have to have it at the restaurant or make it yourself. Like, I miss, right. yeah, I miss, so, I miss ramen. I, I miss pho. I miss all these things, like at a restaurant. Yeah. I had ramen delivered recently. Recently, as in like a month ago. Um, the trick is. <clears throat> To get extra broth, reheat broth, like boil it, because that's that's all that's really hot anyway. The rest is kind of cold. Uh, you re-stretch out the ramen a little bit in cold like water. You just kind of like massage it and like stretch it out a little bit just to get it loosened. And then you just pour it all back in the bowl. It's it's the same as the store or as the restaurant. The, yeah. Ooh, good to know. Good. Jesus Christ! You see, this is this is where Andy is in his element. Andy, I mean, I, Andy posts stuff that he like makes and I'm like <laughs> yeah. I feel so inferior all the time I remember like sitting next to this kid and he would he would like talk about like his his little bag what do you call that the the the, the sous vide and I was like what the fuck oh yeah and and ever since I talked to him I've been wanting one I haven't gotten one 
because I'm afraid what kind of crazy addict I'll become to the sous vide. Like next thing you know, I'm gonna be sous vide in everything. It's like, fun because when yeah. you first get it, you do it constantly. Because my ex right. has one, and it's like you just go at it for like a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be sous vide yeah. in like chicken, meat, ice cream, anything I can think yeah. of. I'll be throwing it in there. You haven't lived until you sous vide jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds you know what I think might help the ramen in terms of delivery service is if all of the restaurants that do ramen that deliver as their delivery vehicle got an old fashioned Honda Super Cub scooter. Because that that <laughs> motorcycle was literally designed one of the design like parameters of it when they designed that was that you could rapidly and stably use it as a ramen delivery vehicle. I'm not making this up. I am not making this up. <laughs> I don't come on. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent serious. It was one of the 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 chief designers design parameters was that it would make a good delivery vehicle in in Tokyo for ramen delivery drivers. I'm That's not amazing. making it up. You can look it up. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna, I'm gonna there's a there's a whole okay. episode I don't know if it was an episode of Top Gear or if it was like a, a special that James May did separately. But that like oh, gives the whole history. Like here because I used to watch that too. Yeah, it sounds like something from his show. Wow. Yeah. So if there is one restaurant that you could have back, one restaurant that you would go to and be like, okay, this is the restaurant I want. I need to eat. I'll risk my life, or I'll have. I'll if I had the money, I'd pay all the money and just have in the place Chicago to- or anywhere. Anywhere. Great anywhere. Eastern. Great, Great Eastern in uh, San Francisco. What do they serve? It's a dim sum house. Oh, really? And I, I mean, I know it's not a complicated dish, but it was the best melego that I've ever had anywhere. What's melego again? Oh, it's yeah, like a bread. it's like a brown sugar sponge cake, okay. and it like it's it's not a complicated thing. It's it's just like a sweet sponge cake. But whatever they yeah. do with it, whatever they do with it, it's magic. And you got magic, and they they also it. have had had a really good uh, dofu fa, which is like a sweet, kind of like a sweet uh tofu custard sort of oh i think i know that i would say din tai fung where's that it's along the lines of uh they have a few i guess i'd say the one in la but i mean i think there's one in san francisco there's one in portland uh it's uh, another dim sum restaurant but it's specific with soup dumplings it is a taiwanese uh dim sum place and they do like traditional soup dumplings and they do also the uh <clears throat> the braised like pork belly sticky rice and there are a few other things that just like every time i go there it reminds me of taiwan and no other place even places in like chicago or like chinatown have been able to do that or like replicate that flavor because all the stuff's here like is heavily like chinese influenced uh or slightly korean and you don't really get a lot of like those like taiwanese flavors but i, think I was I gonna have... ask if there are really any taiwanese restaurants in chicago because i've never been to one i've never found one so i've never really there's had, like, taiwanese uh hello food. yeah there's hello jasmine um and like other places are starting to I guess Taiwanese street food is getting a little bit more popular now. So a lot of places are starting to do like the Taiwanese, like popcorn chicken, 
which is basically just fried chicken, but like it's fried with uh, sweet Thai or sweet Thai basil. Oh, Ooh. and uh, it, it's it's almost like a mix of it's like a slightly saltier karage. If you're familiar with that, just like you know Japanese fried chicken. Mm. Uh, but my favorite thing about it is like their the braised uh, uh, pork belly. Mm. that they just kind of like yeah pour over rice mm. it, it's like a it's supposed to be a really like cheap street food you know like i used to remember getting it getting like a like a lunchbox of it uh when i would go visit in taiwan for like two bucks and you'd get like a full meal but now obviously it's probably much much more yeah. expensive wow so where is this hello jasmine is this in, this is in chicago we're, we're on in chicago Oh, Hello Jasmine is in, there's one in Chinatown, and then there's one in Lincoln Park, too. Hmm. Okay. I'll make yeah. Is, is, is yeah, the Chinatown one better? You know what? Normally, I would say you go to the Chinatown one, having both, they're, they're actually very similar. Hmm. Okay. Which is, which is weird, because normally it's... I guess if you're ordering it, since you have to do it now, the Chinatown one gives you more options as far as like sizes and what you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, you can customize a little bit more. But as far as quality wise, the one in Lincoln Park is the same. Like you, you get the same stuff. It, it's not any different. And is Hello Jasmine in, in the uh, new Chinatown Square or is it down Wentworth? <sighs> I can't remember. I haven't I even, I don't think I've even gone to visit the location I yet. I think it's on Clark. That's hmm. the Lincoln Park one, I thought. Oh, no, no, no. It's uh, Wentworth. Sorry. It is okay. Wentworth. Yeah, Wentworth. I miss Chinatown. I was supposed to like go there like right when COVID hit for like a day of shopping, and I haven't been there obviously since. So I'm sad. You know, the funny thing is, right when COVID hit, and people were getting all freaked out. Me and the family went to Chinatown and there was nobody there except other Mexicans. It was really weird. I'm like, why is there nothing? There's like- <laughs> Was there a sign in the sky that said, if you're Mexican, it's time to go to Chinatown. I think that's what happened because I mean, I kid you not, not a single black person, not a single white person. The only other Asian people there were the people working. There were no Asian people there. It was just Mexicans, me and my family, <laughs> you know, walking around buying, you know, like stupid little Gundam things for my kids. <laughs> and I and, love all that. So what yeah. did you did you get a little like spidey sense that you needed to go on that day? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Talking. I can't remember. No, I it, I think it was because we wanted to. Uh, my daughter was insisting that she wanted some kind of uh, Totoro thing and my son wanted a Gundam thing so we went to Chinatown specifically to the little shops looking you, for so you went to Chinatown looking for Japanese stuff basically yes because <laughs> I mean they have them there they have them there yeah you know? right yep and so we, we went there and we and there was all this food and there was no lines so we had ice cream we had like this really good soup 
because there's a, a good soup place there. That was oh, like we had all the food from all these places that probably wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be able to get into because there's always a lot of people there, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we walked into these places, sat down, had all this food. We ate like three dinners that 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 evening, you know, and then bought a bunch of junk, you know, and and then went on our merry way. But I was like telling my wife, I'm like, where are all the people? Why is it? Why is it that only like the Mexicans are here? You know, and my that wife makes was... me want to go on a shopping trip now. Like if it's not busy and it's cold now, um, but I don't know what's open. But Edgar, if you ever end up on the northwest side of the suburbs, there's a, clay, a place called Mitsua Marketplace. Yeah, yeah, we've been there. It's, a, it's an Algonquin, right? Yeah, uh, I love. I thought it was Arlington Heights, or it, it's, I don't it know, might be Arlington Heights. Is it? Yeah, I thought. I mean. There's something in Algonquin, but I can't. It's remember. Algonquin Road. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Like five. But, it's like um, down the street but, from IKEA. Yeah. But be, yeah. between between Mitsua and H Mart in Niles, like heaven, -Mart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Heaven. Just Japanese everything you want. So I mean, I went to H Mart today. I went to H Mart right before. What'd you get? What'd you get? <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, what'd you get? <laughs> They're in I London. I got two pomelos. Too. They're in London. Wow. Some some chips. Uh oh yeah, these like band these bamboo shoots. Yeah. Uh I think that was it. Yeah, I mostly went for the pomelos because I know they're in season and like that, so wait, that, that was one, all I wanted. Which one do you go to, Andy? The one off Jackson? Oh, the one right downtown. Oh, I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Because there's one, yeah, the Niles, and then I think Schaumburg yeah. has one too. Schaumburg has one, but it's kind of yeah. disappointing. I like the one in Niles because really? it's enormous. Niles yeah. is the best one. It's huge. Yeah. Niles well, and also okay. where I'm located, it's it's a lot more convenient to get to. Yeah. Niles is like literally 10, 15 minute drive for me. So that's nice. Yeah. They have there's there's a nice little Korean barbecue joint at the Niles location too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because at, at the Niles the, the Niles location, like it's the store, and then they have like all the different lunch counters. So they have they have like a Korean fried chicken lunch counter, and they have uh, a lunch counter that does Korean, and they have a lunch counter that that's specifically soup, you know, and like they have all these different lunch counters in there, and then. Like my favorite part about it, I've actually never gone into any of them, but after you do your shopping and you check out to get to the exit, you walk through like this mini mall yeah. of all these little like bizarre specialized shops. Like there's a specialized shop in there. All they sell is bidets. That's it. <laughs> you know, uh, and, like for all your butthole needs. Uh, Gosh. But the, the H Mart is, it's one of my favorite places on earth. I love it. I want to go there this weekend now. Now I'm like, oh, not the one in Niles is the best location. I have one over here in Naperville, like by by me, and it's 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 decent enough. But the the mothership is Niles. That's that's where you want to go. That's yeah. Uh, I've heard uh, stories of the uh, the mothership. I haven't been to that one yet. Yeah, I'm a Mitsua guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't been to Mitsua in a long time, but that's just because I'm biased towards Age Mart. Mitsu was fun, but like it's oh. like like it's like they have the same kind of like food counters and stuff, except you, they're actually like little little restaurants in there, mm -hmm. and it's it's a pain in the butt to try to get a seat and try to get food out of that joint. It's so oh so yeah, 
I, I like to do it more just because I like I like Japanese food a little bit more than Korean food. Oh, see, I love and like Korean Japanese food. items. I love like that all. that Korean chili paste. I could eat that with a spoon. It that is that is good. Um, like yeah, I got the, I got this today from from my friend. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not that big on Korean food, but like. I like it, I guess. I don't know, like like bimibop's cool, bulgogi's cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm not big on kimchi. Like I do not like kimchi. Oh, I love kimchi. Oh, I love kimchi. And there, there's I've a queen on that one sometimes. There's a Korean restaurant out here. It's the only Korean restaurant I've been to that actually serves it. And it's probably because it's not a very Americanized dish, but uh it's called Jigumi and it's uh baby octopus and pork belly. Ooh together and they like they like make a sauce out of the ink the octopus ink and and mix it all together it's real spicy it's like to die for this it is sounds Korea? like the perfect breakfast food <laughs> yeah some i food. would eat that for breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> um, but, but on the on the topic i mean i think one of the best things about breakfast foods is breakfast there there's no dinner that's better than breakfast for dinner oh absolutely yeah and like when i was a kid um my grandmother used to make this thing called bauerfrischik which is actually german it's not polish but when she was living in poland they were invaded by the germans so she had to learn how to make it um and it's it's, (laughs) for the german overlords it's it's an it's an omelet with onions and uh fried potatoes so like you dice up the potatoes basically make like crispy hash browns and then you with, with onions in it and then you make that into a big omelet I'm and, so and that would be dinner i would eat i will eat like chorizo con huevo like tacos or sandwiches all fucking day i will have it for dinner like no problem i, w- I would eat biscuits and gravy non-stop you know, and it's, it's things like that. That's that's why I'm a big fat pig. You know, I've I've lost sixty pounds since since COVID started, and I'm still morbidly obese. And it's because I do things like put sausage gravy directly into my veins. You know, yeah. Well, you know, I just about that's it. another thing. I wasn't allowed to eat food like that. So even when I became interested in biscuits, it became like the hipster biscuit with the pepper jelly. I mm-hmm. don't like um I don't like gravy. I just didn't grow up with it. Don't like it on turkey. Don't like it on biscuits with I, man. Like, sour, like, like American, American, American style so like southern gravy. gravy. That 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 southern style sausage gravy is a treasure. It's one of very few American cuisines that that I feel like deserves world class status. <laughs> Cuisine is like stretching it, man. Like cuisine. I, I don't know. Sauces is sauces a whole a whole part of cuisine. You have sauciers, people whose entire life's work is creating sauces. Sauciers. Do they do they really have a sauce? I, I recently oh yeah, I recently got into the sauce game and sauces are not easy to do. No, sauce like, but <laughs> sauce, cooking sauces, creating sauces is like one of my I, I love I respect, to cook. I respect the art of making a sauce. No, no. Like that Red Bull is cool, but consistently making Red Bull wasn't shit to doing a sauce. No, consistently making a roux and doing it correctly is a challenge, Mm -hmm. and it's one of my favorite things to do. I, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking. I feel like that's the challenge. 
I'm not trying to like piss off any sauciers. I just didn't know there was such a thing. I'm just saying like, like it's, it, and I agree with you, making a good sauce is very hard. I've gone to several Mexican restaurants and God damn it, if I find a restaurant that can have, that can make just a halfway decent uh, taco and a, and a goddamn good hot sauce, they will have me for life. But that is not happening out here in the Burbs. I and mean, I'm dying out here. You gotta, you gotta come out to visit me because I'm surrounded by them. That's crazy to me. That's crazy because like, you're like in the far, boonies. I, I'm in the boonies, but, but. He's in a are, bunker. He's in a bunker. Right? <laughs> there, there are. There are so many good Mexican restaurants out here. That's so me. crazy because there's there, there's like there's a ton of Mexican restaurants where I'm at, and they all fucking suck, man. There's like a couple <laughs> of places that are okay, and, but and for the- like that's the thing is every Mexican Mexican restaurant around here is good at at some very specific things and mm-hmm. bad at others, and so yeah. you learn wh- where to go to. But it's like I got my lengua taco place. I got I got my tripas taco place. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't have my. Uh, what's the what are the the brain tacos called? The brain tacos, the sesos. I don't. Sesos. I don't have. A, I don't have a sesos place because I. I just. I mean, I've had them plenty of times, and it's just like mm-hmm. basically disappointing every time. You know? It's it's um, killing me, man. But I'm there's there's one place out here. There's one place in particular that does the sesos tacos, and they use goat brain instead of. Edgar, remind me of where you're near, Naperville-ish. It's uh, Donner's Grove or, um, yeah, yeah, that area. Because there's, I'm telling you, there's like places that are like hidden gems everywhere if you do your homework. But like, I, I understand oh. your pain with the suburbs because some suburbs have dense amount hey, of good options and others don't. I've recently been to a place and this just happened. This I got to run. Okay. Oh, but uh, it was it was good talking to you guys. Uh, all right, man. Yeah. Well, all right. So then, uh, <laughs> all right, Andy. Thanks, thanks for showing up, man. Yeah, no, sorry about that. The, the, the dog. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta um, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All good right. talking to you. We'll, we'll catch you later, man. Yeah. No, I want to. I want to talk food with this guy another time. It's yes, gonna, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. do another. <laughs> one. I'm happy to talk food with, yeah, with we'll, everybody. You I'm know? so hungry now. You guys. Yeah, we we definitely got to do this again. Yeah. All yeah, right, man. I'm, I'm getting hungry right. too. That that can of tuna right. isn't really doing much for See you guys. See ya. So- I'm telling you, I'm gonna have to eat soon too. We keep talking about this stuff, and I'm just like, it's funny because normally, again, if I watch a show, it doesn't make me hungry. But when people describe like their favorite food or meal, it starts populating images yeah. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like go ahead. No, because we were talking about restaurants that we miss, you know. Yeah. And one, it's going to break my heart. And you know, no, it's not like the best restaurant ever, but they're closing at the end of the year. Uh, Lowry's. Oh yeah. Downtown. And the thing about Lowry's is number one, that 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 is a place where they know how to do prime rib. There's no question about it. You're, You're never going to get a bad prime rib there, right? But also it's so old fashioned and like the, the way that they serve it and they they have those big steel carts, like the roaster carts that they bring the primer about to you on it. And it's just, it was a big thing for me growing up. Uh, that was kind of the fancy place where we would go for special occasions. And like, I had my first prime rib when I was like six years old. You know? Is this like, <laughs> is this the thing with like Polish American people? Because that's like my family's place too. For well, I, I don't know if it's a thing with Polish American people, but 
because there's a lot of Polish American people in Chicago. There is a lot. So, yeah. so you, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of working with a flawed data set, it's true. <laughs> but you know, it might be, I don't know. I mean, it, it fits with the standard idea of Polish food, you know, hot meat, gravy, potatoes, you know, simple classic. They're known right. for like doing yep. things a certain way for a million and, years. And so like, it's, no, it's not trendy food. It's not modern fare, but it, it it's to a degree, there's a bit of a time machine aspect to it. You know, mm. you, you, you get this very classic meal and they're going to be gone. And it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. How many places are like that though, right now? It's like, it's not getting... many, at least in, in Chicago, there aren't many left. Well, I mean like places yeah. that are getting shut down because of but COVID. Down. Yeah, like the original yeah. Morton's on State Street where I had a couple of really nice dates and I can't think of a better experience I've had at a table with the wait staff. Like yeah. that that broke my heart a little bit too because they closed permanently. First, like, They're closing yeah. down. Oh, oh, I was th- I was there in February with a, with my, with a friend of mine. We kind of yeah. have a, a tradition. We go to the auto show and then we go to Morton's. Oh, that sucks. It's, it's a good experience in a meal, but like certain places, like I've seen more popping up as the like last two months have progressed, and uh, the restaurant that I was on check please for is closing permanently too. What's the name of that restaurant? Oh. A Band of Bohemia. It's in a uh, Ravenswood. Mm, that's um, a shame it's just sad because it's like when you have places you really supported and bought gift cards and try yeah. to do things you can only do so much there's so many but, places now and i'm sure that obviously like there are a ton of restaurants that have closed or are going to be closing that wouldn't have been otherwise outside of covid but chicago in particular and i'm sure this is true of any big city that has a big restaurant scene i mean restaurants even good restaurants don't last more than five years anymore you know what i mean yeah. it's uh the, the chef decides to move on and do other things or, or something like that new concepts and new right. everything well and, and it's you know the trendy cuisine changes so rapidly you know what's what's popular today five years from now it's 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 already considered like oh that's old-fashioned and out of style and i'm not gonna waste my time you know? yeah well i mean there was like a bistro a bistro 110 that was on michigan avenue i proposed to my wife there and it's been gone for years and it's oh. basically like a thing of what you're talking about it's it's a victim of you know it can only last so long before it decides to like redo itself or get sold or whatever but this is why it's so sad when you have places like yeah. um, you know again morton's, morton's. and uh, Lori's, yeah. and then also yeah. before covid um sabatino's italian on the northwest side oh yeah yeah place my family always went close it's it's places that have been around for 40 50 years that make me yeah. sad again knowing that in a normal climate there'd be turnaround for these other places right yeah right yeah. i mean is is uh cafe babariba still there God, yeah. I, I hope so. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, good. Because I, oh, we talked about this, Edgar, because I know you had your wedding rehearsal. No, oh, we got no, it. you had your wedding. That's the last time I was there, actually. Yeah. Was for your wedding. That was, that's a long time ago, and they're still very good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, just such a I don't know that there's another restaurant in Chicago or around Chicago where you can get a, a real honest to God traditional paella. Oh, you know, that, served that way come where they come to the table and it's in the big skillet you know the paella there in, uh, london that does that mm. in the covent garden it's a neighborhood and out yeah. on the square just the giant paella 
that is like the happiest looking food yeah. ever. And you know what's funny <laughs> is I'm not even a big paella fan, right? I'm not, but it, but I would I would make a special trip to Cafe Barbaribe to get their paella. Yeah. They, they have such great food. I mean, their sangria, the paella, they have several really interesting dishes. Oh, I have to tell you, so funny. So I stopped there one day after work, like maybe a year ago, and you have to really get in there for happy hour because happy hour cuts off early. So if you leave work at five, you have to just bust a move and get on the train. And so I get there and I got a pitcher of red wine sangria and my friend ended up getting caught up at work and couldn't meet me. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to drink this pitcher of sangria, <laughs> which I could have easily done. Let's be fair. But I decided to just eat a couple of appetizers and they have this beautiful big shrimp dish that's like baked shrimp with olive oil and like all the yeah. chili flakes that's mm. like pieces of garlic. It's insane. It makes yes. me so happy. I know exactly and what you're talking about. It's delicious. It's so yeah. good. And the yeah. clay thing. Yep. And then, yep. um, so I had that and those awesome potatoes they do with the spicy sauce. But the then I was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I'm done now. I'm going to get going. And I had more of the pitcher left and I gave it to the girl sitting next to me at the bar. And you would have thought that I gave them like a kidney. They <laughs> kidney. They're like, you know, hey, Sangria, my mind is blown. Uh, speaking of, of Sangria on the topic of breakfast foods, that used yeah. to be one of my favorite dirty ass things to do when, when I was basically a college student and, and after you know, especially, you know, after a night of heavy drinking, I would wake up at the crack of noon, you know, one o'clock hung over and I make myself pancakes and pour some, you know, Carlo Rossi sangria. That's the life. Man. Oh, I, let's, let's just say I, I would be hard pressed to say that I was ever really an alcoholic, but I would agree if someone were to suggest that I was a problem drinker. <laughs> I mean Chicago in general Chicago surrounding Chicago everything it's such this has came to mind to me just recently during the last month or so the idea that so much of what Chicago's about is food drink and partying so oh, yeah. all the stuff we're used to doing is shut down and if you go somewhere like Colorado they have breweries so they drink but they have all these hiking options and outdoor stuff we're a town that likes to be inside or outside of the street fest drinking. Right. We don't really have a culture where there's much else we do beyond entertainment. It's a big entertainment city. Sure. And it's a big restaurant city because you, you know, if you're going to go out to the, to an entertainment, if you're going to go out to the symphony or the opera or a musical or the theater district, well, you're going to have dinner first. Absolutely. And then afterwards you're going to have drinks. Absolutely. You know? Right. And, uh, and like, I, I personally would put Chicago's restaurant scene up against any other big oh, city absolutely. in America. Yeah, we got you know, such great restaurants. Now, I mean, I, Chicago can't hold a candle to New Orleans, but, you know, Chicago does pretty well. And it's a different experience. I think New Orleans is so unique, whereas... Well, Chicago New Orleans is like New a... F Go ahead, sorry. Well, I was just going to think, like, Chicago and New York, like... Our cuisines are known for kind of the same stuff. You got the beef and the steaks, and then you've got mm -hmm. the American, new American contemporary. And then we've got our like ethnic neighborhoods and our amazing yep. Asian and Indian foods. 
But like New Orleans stands on its own as a whole other animal. Uh, and New Orleans is, uh, I mean, it's as close to a foreign country as you can get without leaving the United States. <laughs> well, because because, because everything like, about it is different. French, yeah. and um, Culturally speaking, I mean, it's one of the oldest cities in the United States. Yeah. Uh, and and so there's so many different cultural influences there. You know, it was Spanish, then it was French, and, and you know, then it was Americanized. And, um, and you know, you also have a huge influx of, of Caribbean uh, ethnicity there. And, and so it, it's not like any other city in the United States. I mean, Savannah, Georgia is, has some similarities, but it's mm -hmm. just not the same. And like I said, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't get a disappointing meal in New Orleans. You just can't. I mean, even their McDonald's is going to be better than a McDonald's. <laughs> That's you know, so wild to me, man. It's, but, but like, I feel like food is just a sacred cultural part of New Orleans. Did and I I'm like Cajun food is, is absolutely like my, I, I love so many different kinds of foods. I've eaten very exotically in my life, but Cajun food is by far like if I had to pick, this is my favorite. It's, it's Cajun food mm -hmm. because it's such an interesting mix of different things. There's like so many things about New Orleans that you need to just go once the pandemic is settled. Yeah. We all are vaccinated, Edgar. It is just a yeah. magical, magical town. And I wish I had gone there way earlier than I first did. Yeah. I'm, and I'm I would really like to go there and go there now that you guys are talking about. Because I know, I know for like some of the even the way they speak there is really really different like their, their accent is not southern exactly it's something completely well, you've other. got a lot of different accents actually you have some people you won't be able to understand at all oh yeah near the bayou yeah absolutely. that's amazing mm -hmm. um so diverse and eclectic it's just it's you meet the most interesting people too i remember i went there once solo on a work trip and years ago and I remember sitting down to have lunch at a bar and the lady next to me just started talking to me and she bought my meal and bought me drinks and wow yeah and she was just like oh you're by yourself I'm like yeah and she just like picked up my tab and chatted with me ah. and it was like southern charm also I was in the magazine district which tells me from how she was dressed and that she picked up my tab I had a feeling she lived down on St. Charles or in one of those mega mansions because sure. Edgar wow. and the home there are just incredible just yeah. incredible yeah oh and turtle and soup i had turtle soup turtle there. soup turtle soup is to die for and it is it is a new orleans de leg uh legacy delicacy you know um but uh i would also say you know aside from the fact that bourbon street is i mean it's basically a tourist trap and and and, and it's party time it is essential to go to bourbon street get yourself a hand grenade <laughs> get get plowed and then go eat some crazy foods the last time i was in new orleans it was it was all of us it was uh you know me and the family right it was a couple of years ago and and the boy at that point was like 15 uh -huh. and we, we we were down on bourbon street and all of us you know we got hand grenades and the boy was the boy is like as straight edge as straight edge gets you know it's just you know and and finally the for the first time ever he's like i'm curious can i have a taste of that and he tasted it he had one sip of the hand grenade and i swear to god the boy was drunk okay so i <laughs> so first of all um 
I don't, I didn't know what a hand grenade was uh, until you just kind of described what it was. So now I know that it's a drink and not an actual hand grenade. Uh, well, you, yeah, you, yeah, have hur you have hurricanes, you have hand grenades. The hand grenades are the ones that are the like, what the, those tall glasses. It comes, right? it comes in like a big, big it's funnel, like a, basically. Yeah. And, oh, and Jesus. The bottom, and the bottom of it is, a, is, a, is shaped like a hand grenade. And it's just, it's like eight different kinds of liquor. Oh, I mean, it, 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 it whacks you. It whacks you like a sledgehammer, but it tastes real good. I'm more of like a let's have a bourbon at the like weird bar on the corner where you leave your business cards. I forget the name of the bar, but it's super well, cool and has the two levels with the like upstairs patio. And I just like have a bourbon and like act like I'm super cool writer. <laughs> and I just... Yeah, I mean, I mean to the bands and stuff, but I I have to say I didn't go to New Orleans when I was 21, which was the plan actually sure. that year. Um, so I was a little older and I was kind of past the whole. I'm worried about like, you know, hanging out with only one or two other people, someone disappearing, losing people. Sure. Oh, and that's real. That's <laughs> real easy to do, you know. But but yeah, I mean, I guess I'm you know I used to. I have the the kind of uh, reticent writerly attitude, you know, too, and I kind of outgrew that. But you know, um, but that's what happens. <laughs> you, that, that's what happens when you get old. So I was um, I was about to say, yeah. Some well, of no, us, I think some of us I think really I grow out of it. It's it's a matter of I I went and I tilted at my windmills and I got kind of tired of it and, and I I don't know if I outgrew it so much as just. Uh, I lost a little bit of my whimsical nature, let's say, you know. Oh, you should never but, lose whimsy. Whimsy is important. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> we, we can talk about the loss of my whimsy another time. <laughs> there, there, there have been reasons for it, but. Uh, Understandable. You know, um, so but, uh, well, guys, honestly, I think I need to jump off to get some food in my system. Yeah, um, go get yourself, go get some biscuits and gravy. I mean, I know you're not much of a biscuits and biscuits and gravy girl, but you know, we're gonna do a biscuit sans gravy. That's what's gonna happen. All right, all right. All right. So let's let's uh, let's shut it down then for tonight. Um, shut it I down. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much, Emily, for coming on. Thanks so much, my cousin Dan. Thanks again, Andy, for showing up. Uh, even though you're not here right now. Um, Screw Andy. <laughs> Andy. Andy is the guy who really knows food. Um, and he does. He does. He really does. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Hope you, get it. Hope you guys had fun. Bye. That lovely jam you're listening to right now is called Busy People, and it's by Soup, S-O-O-P. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. If not, please forgive me. Anyway, you can find that song over on Epidemic Sound. Anyway, man, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I in, I really like these people that I have on here. These, these are, are people that I genuinely like. They're good people. Uh, they, they make me laugh in real life. So I hope they made you laugh on the show. And, and more than anything, that Andy is a freaking genius, man. I want to make that Red Bull breakfast thing he was talking about. It, it, he showed a picture. I'm going to try to see if he can get him to like send me a picture of this thing. But it, 
<laughs> it's genius. Anyway, um, hope you like the podcast. If you want to uh, support the podcast, again, head on over to shop.thefloropodcast.com. Get yourself a pencil case, a sticker, whatever. Anyway, thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye. Just as bad.